2: Hello and welcome
4: to Hump Day. It's official. It's, it's Hump Day today. It's, it's Wednesday, August 19th. Jax, our producer. You got it. Oh, yes. <laughs> We're always so unsure. I, I feel like I start the week off knowing exactly what day it is because it's Monday. And then, uh, you know, as the it's days downhill progress. <laughs> <from there. laughs> That's what happens when you get older. When you get to 33, Jax. Can't wait. Yeah. You <laughs> got 10 years. Uh, you, yeah, I can't believe you're 10 years younger. Oh, what a soul you are. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, I, I just sent you over a trailer for this movie that I actually got the opportunity to check out. Uh, which is called Grandma, and it stars Lily Tomlin. And actually Laverne Cox has a cameo or a scene in there as a tattoo artist. And it's this movie, um, you know, Lily Tomlin plays this grandma who – whose partner had just passed away she's a lesbian and uh, her wife i guess ha- had just passed away and so she's now dating this much younger chick i don't want to give too much of it away but you know her grandma her granddaughter ends up showing up and needs her help and then so um she tries to help her granddaughter and you kind of get a preview into her life uh, and, and I just thought it was it was such an incredible movie. I mean, I think all lesbians should watch it. I mean, everyone should watch it, but definitely all lesbians, just because I was sitting there in the, the theater room just like, this is what I'm going to look like when I'm older, <laughs> and this is what I'm going to sound like, and I probably more than likely will be just as crabby. But let's play the trailer um, for those of you, because it opens up actually quite soon here. ¶¶
5: I
1: need some help, Grandma. Okay. I need $600, 630. For what? I'm pregnant. Who is he, a one-night stand? No, ew, he's kind of my boyfriend. No. Why didn't you use a condom, or for humanity's sake, get a vasectomy? Well, who is this? My grandma. You know, I cut my credit cards up into little pieces. I made a wind chime out of them.
6: Why would you do that? Why are you selling those books? I need
1: some cash. I need $500. You must not have a lot of friends. And now you need me, and I'm broke. You want a tattoo? A little one. Now that I can do. Listen, grandma, you better watch yourself. Give us the money. Get out of my home, crazy old. Oh my god. You know, I like your boyfriend. He's special, really charismatic. You know, you need to be able to say screw you sometimes. I say screw you. Oh, you didn't say screw you to that little creep back there.
0: I'm sorry, but I'm I'm going to have to ask you to leave. You're disturbing the customers.
1: I mean, what other customers are we disturbing? Oh, them, Ozzie and Harriet. And all coffee drips. You don't have to say drip coffee. That is a redundancy. Oh, look, it drips. Oh, my God, it drips. I'm scared. I've been scared of your mom since she was five years old. I mean, any idiot could see that you need to be supervised. Am I right? Are you saying I'm any idiot? What is this? What is the feminine mystique? Mystique's character in X-Men. What? Guess I'm an idiot. Guess you are.
5: Screw you, Grandma!
1: Not bad. What is your involvement? I am her grandmother, and I'm your mother. Yes, but what are you doing here? I'm going to be there because this is my granddaughter. She's already pregnant. Grandma! <laughs>
4: oh my gosh. Uh, hilarious. The writing is just hilarious. And then there were some words in there that Lily Tomlins' character uses that <laughs> way too big, but I mean, you know, smart lesbians.
5: <laughs> uh have you seen her show on Netflix? Yeah.
4: Um Frankie I don't and like Grace it. or Grace and Frankie. I know it's weird because as lesbians we're just like, you know, the whole idea of like, you know, the yeah, the Never mind. I guess it's the opposite. I guess the, the husbands become gay. They drop the girls. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we just naturally have <laughs> the emotions for a woman. We feel bad. Um, but anyway, I think she's an awesome actress. So if you get it, if you get the chance to watch Grandma, it comes out, I think, in New York. It's uh, released this weekend. And then in San Francisco, it's released next weekend. And then, you know, just look for the distribution. Check out Grandma. But let's get our party started here on the uh, program today. Today's show is brought to you by Pacific Pacific Fertility Center. When life needs a little encouragement, Pacific Fertility Center will be right by your side. Our guest today is Keisha Garner and she's with this cool new website called Queer Review. I remember years and years and years ago, 10, 15, maybe almost 20 years ago before your time, Jax, um, there used to be this guide that was like a printed book and it looked like A Guinness uh, Book of Records or something, but it was like I think it was called like Damrin or something, and that was that was the guide for a lot of uh, queer people who wanted to go, you know, to a city or visit somewhere and find like gay bars or somewhere that was like you know LGBTQ friendly. And that's what we had, or word of mouth. But now I'm really excited to be speaking with Keisha because a website just sounds like you know it sounds like today's times. Keisha, welcome to the program.
3: Thank you. Uh,
4: So Queer Review, it's uh, just like what I said. It's a website that just launched, which would basically give a lot of LGBTQI people and users an opportunity to share, you know, some of the the places that they visited, such as restaurants, bars, hair salons, movie theaters, businesses that are uh, queer friendly, right?
3: Uh, Exactly. We uh, really are trying to make it kind of the LGBTQ plus yelp.
4: Yeah, and I was going to I wasn't going to, you know, say that. I didn't want to name <laughs> drop that the, the why just because uh, a lot of users lately have kind of lost their faith in that um, you know, user space where we give each other reviews, mm-hmm. but I could see this thriving for the que- queer community and I'm sure you can tell us why.
3: Uh yeah, I think it's especially important uh, to take into account our our name. Um, It's really a play on words. Queer review comes from peer review. Um, As somebody who's been in academia for, you know, my whole entire life, um, peer reviewed evidence is the most important thing to me. Um, And that's kind of the driving force behind queer review. We really want to make sure that we're not being told by higher ups that this is a queer friendly space. So there are things that exist of that say so-and-so business is LGBT-friendly. Mm-hmm. Um, but who are those people that are telling us? Um, usually it's very specific kind of person that's telling us that this information is true and accurate. So we really want to make sure that we're getting kind of in on the ground floor. We want to make sure that the people that are reviewing places are the ones that are having the experiences.
6: Right, right, right.
4: So will there, there be like a rating system at all, or is it really based off of... Um, you know, writing an actual review?
3: So we have um, kind of a star rating system uh, that we base on four uh, categories, service, um, the crowd, the scene, and the bathrooms. Um, obviously right now bathrooms are a huge issue kind of um, in the media right now. Um, so we definitely wanted to touch on that. And we wanted to talk about the kinds of people that frequent the places. Um, personally... There's a gay bar that I go to in D.C. pretty frequently, and everyone that works there is awesome. Um, But the crowd is a very specific kind of crowd, Mm -hmm. and it's kind of well-known around there that if you're a trans person, for example, you're not going to be welcomed in the same way that if you're a cis person. Um, So we wanted to make sure that it's not just the place. The business may be fantastic, but the clientele may not be, and that's something we wanted to focus on as well. Um, so we have the star rating system and a series of questions that kind of inform the stars. So for the bathrooms, for example, we ask, were you able to use the restroom of your choice, um, that you, the gender that you identify as? Um, was it sanitary? Did you feel safe going there? And then once you answer those questions, you can kind of get an idea, well, this bathroom was obviously five stars, this bathroom was obviously one. Mm -hmm. Um, and then we have a comment section. So we just launched a month ago, but we really want to use the comment section going forward to identify people, um, more demographically. So like I said, a trans person may be comfortable in this bathroom, um, versus not in another bathroom, whereas a cisgender person may be comfortable in any bathroom. So that's one of the things we really like to focus on going forward.
4: Uh, this sounds so incredible. I mean, I think the most interesting thing about it is it's launched during a time in which, you know, we've, we've, uh, yes, we have marriage equality, but, um, you know, the whole saying is you can be, you know, married on Saturday and then by Monday fired. And, and there's that whole conversation about, you know, religious freedom bills that are trying to be passed in other States. And, and, and so when you, you couple that situation with something like queer review, i mean we we saw what happened to the pizza guys in uh Indiana right uh-huh. um, once they you know were open about not wanting to serve. Uh, you know, lesbians, gays who want to get married. Um, I mean, sure, like, it, it. you know, they ended up getting money donated to them, but I'm sure you heard of the viral experience. They received the backlash from, you know, people from all over the country. Do you see right. that as, you know, that, that, that queer review could, uh, you know, potentially – um be a place where we could also be a part of, you know, the movement in making sure that people understand religious freedom bills are actually, you know, discriminatory.
3: Right. I definitely think so. Um, Obviously, we're based in D.C., so legislation is a huge part of our everyday life. Um, One of the things that is really interesting to us is that... um, you know, we really want to bolster businesses that are doing a good job. Mm-hmm. So like you mentioned, people, there was a huge backlash against these pizza guys and the wedding cake people. Um, that's obviously useful in some sense. But we also want to build up the people who are doing a good job. Mm-hmm. So we kind of have this tagline, your guide to safe spaces. So obviously this kind of system is good for pointing out bad places. People who get angry are much more likely to write a review. Um, but we also want to make sure that we're keeping it positive. There's so much negativity in the media right now, um, about people who are discriminating against people wanting to get married, like you mentioned, and especially, um, against trans people. And, uh, so we really wanted to make sure that this is something that was going to help businesses who are doing a good job.
4: Right, right, right. I, d- I definitely don't want to take away from that, but, uh, just wanted to, I just saw that you know that that's what's happening in the country right now Absolutely. um and so you know for you personally having started started this this website i mean like you said you're in dc uh dc um you know some of the bigger cities seem to be pretty good when it comes to uh, having places or safe places for queer people what about what about like smaller towns and and things like that i mean obviously it's it's user base um, and hopefully people from around the, the country will, will jump in and, and review places, right?
3: Right. Um, I'm actually from South Carolina. So mm. I, I know what it's like growing up being a person, a queer person in a small town. Um, so I am really interested in it becoming a source for people who are in small towns. And we've had some messages from users who say, you know, there's not a safe space in my town. There aren't gay clubs. There aren't gay bars. And we tell them, you know, it doesn't have to be a gay, a gay place. If you go to a diner and there's a, a waitress who's nice to you or who welcomes you and your friends with open arms, then let people know about that. Um, so it doesn't at all have to be you know, somewhere that's already established as a gay space. Mm,
4: um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Great point, great point.
3: Right, yeah. And then... Um, you know, my business partner and I, his name's Kevin Hawkins. Um, we both, we come from very different backgrounds. He's from Maryland, so he has, he's he grew up in a more liberal space. But we both recognize that there are pockets um, throughout the country, you know, where there are very safe spaces like D.C. Uh, but even even in D.C., there are so much more going on than people ever realize. True.
4: Very true. Very true. We're going to take a quick break right here. But when we come back, I want to continue the discussion I mentioned earlier that I used to use a, a Dameron guide, which was like a printed book that looked like a dictionary. So I wanted to get your thoughts on that. So stay with us. All right. The Michelle Meow Show continues right after this. Pacific Fertility Center provides patients with compassionate fertility care. Visit PacificFertilityCenter.com.
0: The inspirational Street Requiem mourns the innocents who've died on the street, but also offers hope for the future to those who are struggling. Street Requiem premieres in California on Saturday, August 29, 7 p.m. at Old First Presbyterian Church in San Francisco and on Sunday, August 30, 2 p.m. at the Congregational Church of San Mateo. Tickets from only $15 are available at streetrequiem.blogspot.com, streetrequiem.blogspot.com.
4: This is a true story about two best friends who fell in love and moved across the country to the city by the bay. After many years of dating, Jen and Jacqueline are now planning their dream wedding. It's a big moment in everyone's life when you say, I do, especially when you can make choices for your authentic life and your loved ones too. Congratulations, Jen and Jacqueline. Live your authentic life. A special message brought to you by Weatherford BMW.
6: Thanks for listening to the Progressive Voices Network, streaming the best in progressive talk 24-7. Keep the progressive conversation going on by joining our community. Each week, we send out an email that covers important things taking place in the Progressive Voices Network and throughout the progressive world. Be the first to know of upcoming shows, schedule changes, exclusive programming, and more. Simply go to ProgressiveVoices.com and sign up for our mailing list. It's that easy. ProgressiveVoices.com. Thanks for listening, and thanks for joining the Progressive Voices community.
2: And now, back to the Michelle Miao Show.
4: Welcome back. Thanks so much for joining us here on this hump day. I'm Michelle Miao, your host. Jax, our producer, is in studio. And on the phone with us is Keisha Garner, who has a new website out. And uh, it's called Queer Review, which is basically, like she said earlier, a uh, uh, I, I, I guess Yelp. Yes, Yelp for <laughs> the queer community, uh, in which you can share reviews of places uh, and your experiences uh, of businesses and services that you've been to. So, uh, Keisha, I mentioned earlier um, The Dameron Guide. Do you know about that book?
3: Um, I don't, and I know that you said it was out 10 or 15 years ago. (laughs) Um, Like I said before the break, I'm from South Carolina, so... (laughs) Yeah, uh, that book probably wasn't allowed in <laughs> South Carolina. <laughs>
4: Actually, you know, yeah, I'm. I mean, I I think they they published for a few years and then stopped and and you know. But um, it was it was basically like it looked like a dictionary and in mm-hmm. you know every state they would list like one or two bars and you know it was kind of sad because it wasn't like. It wasn't like a lot. It was there, you know, maybe one or two uh, bars, restaurants um, available. I mm-hmm. wanted to get your thoughts on, um, you know, uh, uh, queer spaces that are declining in major urban cities. Like for example, even in San Francisco, yeah, we still have the Castro, but you know, some of those gay identified places are quickly
3: declining. Yeah, here in DC, um, since I moved here about two and a half years ago, we have gone from having a, a pretty decent number of lesbian spaces to not having any. Um, there, I think, is one lesbian bar that's left in D.C., and then we have this strange kind of phenomenon happening of where anywhere lesbians congregate, the business closes down, and I think it, it just it happens that way. Um, but that, that's definitely something I've been thinking about lately. Um, and I think it's, it's okay, and in some sense. Maybe we're getting to the point where those places aren't as necessary in big cities as they used to be, um, which I think is kind of something that Queer Review wants to focus on, where, where can queer people go that's not designated as a gay space, as we, you know, discussed earlier, um, but it's also very sad, um, we may think that we're getting to the point where we don't need it, but we always really will, right. um...
4: I agree. Oh. I agree. I got sad, you know, just the uh, this year, the last lesbian bar in San Francisco closed down and that was mm-hmm. the Lexington. And, you know, it's like San Francisco. Um, so we don't actually have a lesbian bar, but we have lesbian nights or, you know, mm-hmm. um, and uh, sometimes it's like you just want to be around all lesbians or, you know... Um, uh, gay men, for for example, definitely right. only want to be around gay men. <laughs> other gay men sometimes, which is okay. I get it. I totally get right. it for for you know uh, meeting people. Um, so I'm hoping maybe this uh, the the that queer review. Yes, it will expand our footprint regarding uh, you know hanging out in spaces that are safe for us. But also maybe it'll it'll motivate a bunch of other people to put together you know. Uh, very specific businesses or places for queer people as well, right?
3: Right, that would be fantastic. <laughs>
4: yeah. Um, <laughs> so, you know, before we uh, we let you go, um, do you do you have, I know you guys just launched, but any stats at all regarding users and just kind of what you know so far? And again, I know it's super early on.
3: Right. Uh, well, we just got back from Miami for vacation. Um, so we haven't really looked <laughs> nice. at the stats this week. <laughs> um, but within the first, Week, uh, sorry, two weeks of launching, um, we have had over 10,000 page views and we had up to 20 different countries. So this, we talk about the US a lot, but this is a worldwide thing. So we have users from over 20 different countries.
4: Oh, that's so wonderful. Um, one thing mm-hmm. I, I forgot to touch on and, and mention also, I mean, I kind of briefly did, but we talked about religious freedom. But there's, there's something also that we, we should talk about when, when young people are going out more and more and using. Um, or having access to, like, you know, their cell phones and stuff and doing things like going online or, or reviewing businesses. Um, we didn't touch on harassment and bullying. And I think that queer review could actually be a catalyst for curbing some of that, you know, publicly um, in some ways and in, in kind of putting it out there. Like, okay, well, this place is safer than, you know, that uh, other pizza place across the street. Um, did you guys, you know, did, did you have that in mind when you
3: were creating this? Um, I think that this was such a huge undertaking that we had so many different things in mind, um, and we're definitely interested in how it's going to go going forward. So we're already kind of formulating ideas in our head. We've added two new categories just within a week um, of of launching the site. Um, So we originally didn't have places of worship or professional services on the website. But I think going forward, we definitely want to hear from our users Uh, what things they're interested in. Um, Definitely bullying is such a huge thing right now, and even for adults, obviously. Um, So, yeah, definitely going forward, we love to kind of create a community, and one of the things we're interested in is, as you and I were talking about earlier, um, for people who are in small towns or who feel isolated in some way, we want the website itself to be a safe space. So we're taking pretty good care to make sure that it doesn't become unsafe in and of itself. Um, So I think it will be useful for kids to use that website, and even if, you know, they're being bullied at school or wherever it may be, they know that they have people out there who are listening to them through our website.
4: Well, Keisha, I love what you and Kevin are doing. I think it's uh, definitely necessary, uh, necessary for you know today's times, and, and it's such a great resource for all of us around the world. My last question for you, you just, you said that you just got back from Miami uh, on vacation, <laughs> so does that mean you're going to add some places to Queer Review?
3: Absolutely. We didn't have any issues in Miami at all, so hopefully everyone else down there is having the same experience. Um, <laughs> we're definitely going to add you places. Um And real quick, I'm sorry, I should have mentioned this earlier. One of the things that we're really interested in is making sure that Queer Review is intersectional. So we're not just focusing on LGBT issues, but all the issues that LGBT people face. So we recognize that oppressions aren't isolated. So we take into account on our website race, age, gender expression, um, whether or not the person is, you know, Um, Handicapped, or we take into the accessibility of places. So it's a very intersectional kind of look at things, which I think is also important um, to think about, too.
4: Uh, That's awesome. No, you're absolutely right. Thank (laughs) you. Thank you. Yeah, Yeah, thanks for that. That sounds great. I'm going to go on to my career review right now and check out, you know, um, I I would love to check out some businesses uh, on there. And I think you should do the same. Keisha, thank you so much for joining us here on the program.
3: Thank you for having me.
4: That was awesome. I mean, you know, it's great to know that there's something like that. And as we uh, expose ourselves more and more, come out, and share experiences in our life, the easier I think it gets. Uh, I want to add, I mean, I want to add a ton of places now. Just review everyone. It's hard
5: being, I think it's, I mean, it's much better than Yelp. It's for the right reasons. But reviewing places is interesting because you ask who's going to review, it's either people that loved it or hated it. Mm
4: -hmm. Yeah. That's
5: my problem with Yelp. But this is, I mean, obviously different safe spaces, but...
4: Yeah, I mean, I even want to review like gay places where I'm like, no, I don't feel safe here. (laughs) (laughs) I think they're racist. (laughs) They don't like lesbians. the, Um, The
5: interesting... You touched on it about how all the lesbian bars are, safe. Yeah, only lesbian places are disappearing.
4: Mm-hmm. Which is any theories? Uh, of- it's uh, well, you know, money first of all. Um, I think being a, a female o- entrepreneur is is tough, uh, and so the other the other side. I mean, my theories my theories are pretty uh, you know personal. So this is my own personal opinion, but. I don't think that women drink as much as men.
5: I was just going to bring that up. My good friend, he's gay. He mm-hmm. works at one of the biggest gay bars in the Castro. And we were talking about this. And that was the reason he gave. He's like, yeah. men drink. Yeah. That's what it comes down yeah. to. I mean, and at first I was like, well, women drink too, but
4: <laughs> n- not like that men or they're not. And if she drinks that much, you're like, I'm not going home with <laughs> <like> you. How? <laughs> <laughs> that's a problem you have a problem I have a therapist I have a number that I can give you your body weight shouldn't be <laughs> and I just think that you know especially when women I mean obviously I mean you should know this I don't know how long you've been with your girlfriend but you know once you meet somebody you just oh yeah (laughs) you're with that person for a couple years or so in bed hopefully it's forever but if it's not i mean the next time you might be going to another bar to meet somebody else it's like in like five years you know because then at that point you're like oh i'm gonna grab a six pack or like you know bottle of wine and just go home (laughs) and snuggle (laughs) and snuggle um but i still think that you know i think that i think that maybe not like uh Maybe there won't be, like, a ton of lesbian bars, but there can be one. The fact that there's zero is, like, really scary and sad. I mean, I don't want to always go to—I don't always want to be around heterosexual people. No. Sorry, guys. Sorry, guys out there. I know there are t- I mean, You mean, you—I love straight people. I love allies. I love—you know, but there are times when I just need to— Only be around my own kind. <laughs> I want to be like, hey, what's up, and fisty bump, you know. Fisty bump— <laughs> Don't cool lesbians do that? The fisty Just bump? say fist. Oh.
5: <laughs> fisty bump? <laughs> Hashtag fisty bump. That's uh, yeah. how today's shows is being put up.
4: You know, I make up my own stuff. But see, but see, you're 10 years younger than I am, and you still feel like there is a need for a, a safe lesbian space. And so there you go. Somebody out there who's got a little bit of cash laying around. Help us. Throw it our way. <laughs> um, hopefully, you know, people don't also uh, abuse the opportunity, but it doesn't sound like it as far as, like, my career review goes. It uh, doesn't sound like, you know, they have uh, potential to do that. And what I mean by abuse the opportunity is, uh, you know, make up lies or something mm-hmm. and, and say this business is homophobic just because – they didn't give you a discount on a donut yeah, or something, or a personal, <laughs> more personal reason.
5: that's not relevant to the public,
4: right? Because you find that on Yelp. Like I don't even, exactly. yeah, I don't even look up Yelp anymore. I just kind of try to go by. Well, if it's gonna suck really bad, I just won't go there again.
5: <laughs> I read the Yelp reviews for my restaurant for entertainment, oh, and really? I scroll and I'm like looking if anyone's mentioning like tall blonde waitress. So, have you ever gotten a bad Yelp? Not me personally. The restaurant has. Are you sure? No, I'm not sure. (laughs) (laughs) They've given verbal bad reviews, but...
4: Yeah, usually people, when they hate, they'll, like, ask for your name. Who's your boss?
5: (laughs) In some sort of alias. I got told I need to smile more the last weekend. (laughs)
4: <laughs> You're like, I'm a lesbian. <laughs>
5: okay, I have a big problem with people telling people to smile. <laughs> You're like, can you even see
4: my face all the way down there? You're like six foot Just something. at your food. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, check out MyCareerReview.com when you get a chance. It's a pretty cool site. When we come back, we have a uh, special guest with us on the phone, somebody who is a contestant on uh, America's Next Top Model, a show that, uh, yes, I, I like to watch from time to time. So don't go away. The Michelle Miao Show continues right after this.
2: And now, back to the Michelle Meow Show.
4: Welcome back. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Michelle Meow, your host. Jax, our producer, is in studio. Today is hump day. It's Wednesday, <laughs> which means Jax and a bunch of uh, younger people will be posting to the hashtag WCW. It's just woman crush Wednesday? Just one That's woman? That's all. I mean, I guess can you, you can, make it plural. You can what post women crush. What, women crush what
5: WCWS? From?
4: Not that like you know. <laughs> I want to post multiple crushes, but <laughs> there's a lot of beautiful people out there. Like our next guest. Our next guest is Corey Wade, who is a model, musician, television personality, and an LGBTQ spokesperson. Corey was actually the uh, very first out gay contestant for America's Next Top Model. Corey, welcome to the program. Corey, hello, Corey.
7: Hello.
4: Hello, darling.
7: Yes. How are you doing, I'm, Bill?
4: I'm doing great. You're there. We thought we, we lost you for a second there. Um, no,
7: I'm here.
4: <laughs> oh, wonderful. Wonderful. So good news. You've got a lot of good news. Actually, you're, you're, you're doing so much since America's Next Top Model. You've got music coming out. You've just signed with a new, uh, modeling agency.
7: Yeah, I did. I signed with Weinhardt.
4: Awesome. Awesome. Um, Let's go back and talk about uh, America's Next Top Model first, and then we'll kind of speed up to everything that you're working on today uh, during your time there. I mean, you were you were second runner up, and obviously the fan favorite, and being the first out gay contestant on that show. Can we talk a little bit about it, or does it have to stay secret?
7: Absolutely, no, 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 this is no secret. This is. This is old news now. I've been talking about it so much. (laughs) But um, but I'm happy to talk about it. I want to clarify one thing. I was the first gay man ever to compete on the show. It's Traditionally, women competing against one another, but uh, two years ago, they had their first cycle to feature male competitors, and that's the one that I played third on. And um, it was an incredibly life-changing experience. I had never achieved anything as exciting up to that point in my life. Um, and I was fortunate enough to get asked back because, as you said, I was somewhat of a fan favorite uh, <laughs> to to appear as a guest host on the most recent cycle in four four episodes. So it's been really, really awesome. They treat me so well over there, and just love to the top model family. So,
4: you know, that was interesting to me. Thanks for the clarification, by the way, in being the first gay oh, male uh, model or contestant on that program. Um, I, why don't they do, you know, a male version of the show, or, or have men and women compete against each other?
7: Well, you know what? I think that people responded so well to, you know, that, well, no, that's, that is what happened it was like men against women um in the first cycle but I think that people responded so well to that that they might in the future do like an all-male cycle and that'd be really interesting to watch right yeah you don't know what goes on in like the male industry or I mean I guess there really isn't any highlight on that on television right now and that'd be super
4: interesting yes especially you know a gay a gay contestant which i think um you know gay people are, are extremely special not to be biased or anything but oh, i like think we're wonderful i mean yeah I think <laughs> so, too, <but laughs> so one more question about uh, america's next top model and then we'll move on to your other projects uh but uh, miss tyra i mean you know we, we know her, obviously, from the show and being in this model, and everybody seemed to have their own thoughts about her. Um, I'm, I'm sure you're going to say just such amazing things about her. <laughs> <laughs>
7: but not because I'm obligated. Because I really do, at heart, love that woman. She was an inspiration to me long before she even knew I existed. I was... Um, a kid in high school and middle school watching her talk show. And uh, I used to get picked on a lot. I was bullied. And one of the names kids used to use to pick on me was Tyra. Um, they used to say that I would walk down the hallways like I was trying to be a model or something when really it was just naturally like how I walked, I guess. I always had a threat about my walk or whatever. And people would just pick on me. And I used to see it as such an insult, but I have to tell you after meeting that woman, they were they were complimenting me um <laughs> without me even knowing it she you know she was also, she she's mentored me um long after the show aired too like she's, she stood in touch with me and she even she was the first one to give me the recommendation to try event hosting she was like you know you have this great personality and you don't really use it and you would be great hosting events and i actually made most of my money in 2015 hosting events and doing red carpets and stuff so mm. obviously she's yeah she's She's, you know, she's good by me, and I have to say, like, I don't know why there are so many, like, um, I guess, just weird opinions about her, especially in the gay community, because she's, to me, proven herself as an ally for, like, a very, very long time, just, like, talking about LGBT issues, even when it wasn't tr- trending as much as it is now, like, on her talk show, and... I don't know. To me like she's an ally and she's a great person and I love her.
4: No, I love it. I love it. And and I thought yeah. people were picking on you and called you Tyra just because you kind of look like her. I mean, you have <laughs> you have that, you know, milky uh, chocolate milky skin and the light eyes and, you know,
7: I guess maybe that was part of it. Yeah, <laughs> it. I'll take the compliment.
4: <laughs> All right. Says, well, All right. Let's move on um, from America's Next Top Model because after that, I mean, it sounds like your career has just exploded. You, you're working on music now. Let's talk about your music. What, you know, uh, where did the inspiration come from?
7: You know, I've always worked on music. I started my pursuit in the entertainment world um, pursuing a career in live theater, and I sort of let it get away from me. I, you know, I did the one thing you should never do. I let the criticism break me. I was receiving a lot of negative feedback uh, for things that I couldn't change about myself, about, you know, being too feminine or whatever. And I let that go. I let that passion go. And I figured, you know, know, I shifted gears somewhere along the line and was like, ah, I should try modeling um, because I figured I could play straight in a photo. And I hadn't done any music, you know, (laughs) in a a really long time and then after America's Next Top Model happened I was like I still love music I want to go back and do this I feel like now the world is at a place where people are being praised for being themselves and I'm not going to you know subdue my femininity and I sort of fuse my music with that and it's sort of just a way for me to reconnect with my theatrical roots and still stay true to myself
4: I love it. I love it, and that's breaking barriers. Obviously, I mean, we're people for some reason. You know, want to put us in boxes, and uh, there's no need to put us in boxes. <laughs> um, and I, so, Definitely I love, not. I love what you're doing. Uh, you know, let's. Uh, I, I, I'm reading this, and it says that you used to be a wedding singer by day and then a drag queen by night. Let's start with the <laughs> uh, the wedding singer part. So, like, I'm reading this right now. This is interesting. You used to be a wedding singer by day and then a drag queen by night. Let's start with the uh, the wedding singer part. What, what were you singing?
7: <laughs> well, uh, yeah, you, I definitely was looking for a job that I could do that would still allow me to sing because it was something that I loved to do. Um, and it, it was a corporate band. It was a 15-piece band, and it was totally... Like like it was so far from my drag queen persona, so it was a really fun time for me. I was living a double life. I would wear like I would wear a suit and tie, um, and I would just sing a lot of like Frank Sinatra and like Michael Bublé. You know, just really like generic music. Um, Did
1: you did you do
4: any um, Asian weddings at all? I never did an Asian wedding. Oh man, that's too bad. They would have eaten you up.
7: Oh <laughs> uh, really? You think so? They
4: they would have no, been I, like, Can you sing Michael Bolton? Um,
7: oh my god. And you know I would have asked <laughs> There was there was um a lot of just, you know, really, really rich people. Our band was we were expensive. I think it was like twenty five hundred twenty five thousand to book us. Wow.
4: Wow. Yeah. Okay, you can't sing at my wedding, I'm sorry. <laughs>
1: <Aww>. <laughs>
4: I'm gonna get hitched in a barn somewhere, but uh, hey, no. But then, um, you know, I was thinking maybe you would throw in there like some like a uh, you know diva song in the middle of the night when everybody else got drunk, like something from I mean, like I Mariah.
7: Hell yeah, I would have loved that. I would have loved to just bust out. A single ladies dance I know it Like verbatim That would have been perfect But you know what <laughs> That wasn't that Kind of job I, I was corporate Corey Back then Do you, do you want to do um, A little
4: bit Right here on the show Do you want to bust out Some uh, you know Something a little bit A little bit of something Give us something Oh
7: my god
4: No Yeah mm-hmm.
7: Yes do it no, Yes Absolutely Yes <laughs> I'll make up a song For you Michelle Okay Okay I love it I am here On the phone Right now With Michelle, meow. Woo!
4: Oh my gosh! Yeah, that's like more than twenty five thousand (laughs) dollars. Thanks. I love it. I love you. So, you know, and then drag queen by night. So, are you still doing drag, or was that just uh, kind of something you fell into for a little bit?
7: I did it um, years ago. I don't do it anymore. I did it to sort of, I don't know, come out of my shell a little bit more as a person, I was very insecure, and I met the most incredible, incredible community of people back when I was doing drag. You know, drag is such such a valuable art form for people who are struggling with self-acceptance. I feel like to be a drag queen, you have to radiate this fearless confidence, and just have all of the nerve in the world, and it has really, 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 really uh, served me in my life now because I'm not afraid of anything, you know? I used to walk the streets in full makeup, uh, you know, a wig and, like, six and heels. I can do anything now. Yeah, it, 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 was, it was just really good for me, and I'm still friends with all of those people. I still go and see the shows. Um, God, I guess it was, like, three years ago, the last time that I did drag. Um, so we're overdue for a reunion, but I actually passed the torch on to the guy that I am still in a relationship with he has always been enamored by drag queens and he met me in drag and asked me if I would paint his face so that's how we met and and now he does drag and I go and see his shows and it's it's still like a very big part of my life, even though I don't do it anymore.
4: I love that you said I passed the torch on to the guy that I'm still dating. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it seems yeah. so common in our community. So I got to let you go soon, but um, what's up next for Corey Wade? You know, will we see you on a television show or we'll we'll, we'll have a concert here soon, maybe near San Francisco?
7: <laughs> oh, wow, well, I would love that. Um, you know, I might be back uh, in San Francisco or the Bay Area for Queer Fashion Week. We were just there um, in 2000, early 2015, or, or was it 2014? No, I think it was this year. We launched the world's first ever Queer Fashion Week, um, and it was incredible. It was incredible. It was so successful, so I can't wait to come back and do that. I'm also going to be on a billboard come November for what? designer Stevie Boy. This is my first bill ever, so it's huge for me. He is an incredible designer. He's designed eyewear for artists like Lady Gaga, Madonna, and Rihanna, you know, yeah. the model for his campaign. Uh, and then, obviously, I'm working on music and trying to get myself out there in that respect. And hopefully you'll see me resurface on TV soon. I don't know. no, No, like, solid plans, but I think it could happen for me. Hey Corey,
4: thank you so much for being with us here today, and congratulations on all your success. Hopefully, one day we'll get to meet up, and I get to I get to see your pretty face live.
7: I would love. I'm telling you, that would be so great. Queer Fashion Week. If you are around when it happens, make sure you come because I'm definitely going to be there.
4: You got it, Corey. Wade, everybody, follow him on Twitter. The Michelle Mial Show continues right after this. Jackson and I will close out the show probably talk about some women and our crushes i hope my girlfriend's not listening (laughs) all right come back we'll be right back
0: The inspirational Street Requiem mourns those we've lost on the street but also encourages hope for people and communities struggling with homelessness, poverty, war, hate crime and street violence. performances of this wonderful new work by Australian composers Kathleen Maguire Andy Payne and Jonathan Welch will benefit Welcome Ministries Singers of the Street Homeless Choir Opera superstar Frederico Von Stade will join with choir and orchestra in the California premieres of Street Requiem conducted by Dr. Kathleen Maguire on Saturday August 29 7pm at Old First Presbyterian Church in San Francisco and on Sunday August 30 2pm at the Congregational Church of San Mateo. Tickets from only $15 are available at streetrequiem.blogspot.com that's streetrequiem.blogspot.com And now back to the Michelle Meow show
4: All right, welcome back. I'm Michelle Meow, your host. Jax our producer is in studio. Pretty great show to end, you know, here on, on hump day. Get us through it's a little bit of silliness. Not, you know, we've been doing some serious interviews lately. Corey made up a song for you. He made up a song for me queer uh, a review, which was light and refreshing. And it just, you know, I needed that. I mean, this weekend I will be gearing up for my interview with Lily Tomlin. I really mm. thought that, you know, I could quit everything I'm doing after interviewing Melissa Etheridge because I was like, okay, you know, that's like every lesbian's dream. <laughs> um, uh, any any amateur person like myself, <laughs> you know, I'm not the real deal. I'm not, you know, I'm not on some big network. Um, not Ellen. I'm not Ellen. <laughs> As yeah, your mom is. <laughs> right. I'm on the Progressive Voices Network, which is amazing. It's the only actual liberal you know democratic progressive talk platform that there is out there even on national radio or terrestrial radio lily tomlin though that's huge what would what do you think i should ask her talk about grandma talk about her show no oh, i know but i mean do you, do you think that there's like people out there dying to ask her something and she's so iconic
5: how did you think of questions for Melissa Etheridge? Is that all just your fangirl questions?
4: <laughs> no, of course I, you know, I, I had dreamed up those questions like for so many years that by the time I got the chance to talk to her, I, it was just like And then and then when you know that remember that one time <laughs> it like in 1997 when I was sitting, you know, on my bed by myself and I was listening to Come to my window. <laughs> Dressing in an Ann Taylor Loft
5: clothes. <laughs> <laughs> Reference to yesterday's show. You everybody. are so
4: lucky. You know, you young girls are so lucky that you get the chance to to, to to be in more of an accepting, non-conforming, you know, place. Or, you know, San Francisco, today's time, the Bay Area, because I, I do recognize that there are still pockets of America that are really behind. But, yeah, when I came out... <laughs> i am taylor express
3: oh, <laughs> God, <dude.
4: laughs> i know and and then my loafers were like shiny because they were supposed to be for like 65 year old women like it was like the patent leather i think loafers
5: tomorrow for your hashtag tomorrow are you aware of throwback thursday
4: uh oh a throwback thursday a throw yes i will i'll do a up some teenage photos yeah I, I went through i went through like different periods or phases in my life i mean i i grew up uh really nerdy i wore dockers and tucked in my shirts and stuff and then i went through this like skater ish phase oh yeah we all do that so then I was like stealing my brother's clothes and so everything was like oversized um and then in college I I got into this, like, raver phase. Yeah.
5: <laughs> I had a short rave phase, too.
4: So. <laughs> I had these, like... Weird times. Yeah, these baggy pants with, like, you s- know, straps coming out of the pockets. Oh, you
5: had, like, a rave phase, like, not at raves. So you were, like, dressing like... Right. You were going to rave. Exactly. Oh, and people intense. would be
4: like, oh, are you going blah, blah, blah? And I'd be like... Mm. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then after my raver phase, um, I went back to, you know, my skater phase. And so I was dressed in Volcom from, like, head to toe. Volcom, a proud sponsor of lesbians <laughs> everywhere. I was and in Volcom. I was in, I was in uh, uh, Billabong. Billabong. Oh, yeah. Uh, Hurley.
5: All the surf skate brands. Yeah.
4: Yep. Yep. And then and then I got into this surf no 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 skate urban then I threw in some triple five soul in there <laughs> not not familiar New York brand mm-hmm. like urban you know I had the sweatsuit thing going oh.
5: <laughs> you're hurting my soul
4: <laughs> all right how about you I mean I guess as an athlete you were just in I just remember a lot of.
5: Like, like when I was younger, a lot of jean shorts, like long, like boy jean shorts and those pants that zipped off at the, at the knee.
4: Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. You did those? Oh Yeah,
5: definitely did those. It was nice because my brother got all my hand-me-downs. <laughs> <laughs> did your parents have a problem with you
4: dressing in you know, any way?
5: Not really. Um... I'm starting in high school, my mom was like, well, why don't you wear this shirt? Or what? how about a tighter shirt? But she didn't, like, really try and force anything on me.
4: Yeah. You know, I don't understand that. My mom tried to do that, too, wear tighter shirts. And I was like, why? Do you want boys staring at my boobies? And she would be like, oh, great point. Yeah. when my freshman year when I, you know, came out and I was just like, you know, mom, Guys, guys in college, they do things like put stuff in your drinks and then they want to like bring you into the room and do stuff. Do you want me to, to participate in that?
5: <laughs> I feel like usually that conversation is opposite roles. Like she would be telling
4: you. <laughs> Meanwhile, I was like eating some girl out in her dorm room ah. listening to Enrique Iglesias. Yes. <laughs> we do dance? If I asked you to dance, <laughs> so cheesy. And, you know, and, uh,
5: that song is ruined for me.
4: <laughs> oh, sorry, guys. Sorry. Sorry, everybody in the studio. Hey, it's a radio show. You can say whatever you want. <laughs> um, haircuts, though. Haircuts. You know, I went through different uh, haircuts. I, 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 I had the very traditional long hair with bangs as an Asian girl growing up. My mom. Loved it. She thought I was a little princess. <laughs> <laughs> a, a little Yula. princess. Yep. You can
5: hear it in your voice. Yep.
4: not a princess. I'm not a princess. And then I went to college and then I sh- cut it in a short bob. <laughs> she still was okay with that. It was still cute, you know. She was like, oh, okay. Well, it gets hot in the summer. So it was like a cute bob. <laughs> uh-huh. and, uh huh. And at one point, I had a girlfriend. We both had the same haircut. We had the same hair bob. Of course you did. <laughs> <laughs> And then and then and then uh, then that movie Domino uh, came out with Keira Knightley. Yeah, you guys know this. Yes, yes. And, and then she had that asymmetrical bang, shave, short thing going. And then suddenly everyone did. Everyone did. But when I came home from break, as that was college, my mom cried. Oh. She cried oh. and cried and cried. It grows back. I know. There's something about my hair. And so then after that, I went through this phase of like. Asian, anime, like, you know, hair. And I would put so much stuff in my hair. I'll have to show you a picture. It, like, weighed down and greased my eyes, like. <laughs> dangerous. I thought that was cool. I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> I don't either. You? Have you always had I'm, the p- n- ponytail, blonde ponytail? <laughs> no, I,
5: until, like, sixth grade, I had that short, like, to your ears, then shaved in the back. Oh, you know what I'm talking about? Little white girls love that. Yeah. It's like <laughs> it's like cute or like people tell you it's cute yeah. until a certain age. But I definitely like pushed the limit and should have like maybe stopped that before middle school. Oh, but that ha- was on- going on to like, oof, like yeah. seventh grade or something. Yeah. And then I just started growing it out. But I don't know. I can't do anything with hair. Like I'm just I don't know how to do makeup. I don't know how to do hair. So I throw my hair in a bun. And I walk out the door, and that's... Why don't you just cut it? I don't... I still like my long hair. I don't know. I don't know if I'll ever cut it. I don't
4: know. I give you a few more years. Yeah. I give I you think some think about years. it all the time. And then your girlfriend's going to freak out and be like, you can't look like me! <laughs>
5: <laughs> my last girlfriend would, like, wanted me to dress more girly. It was like she wanted, like, the whole, like, gender role. Like, well, one of
4: us has to be the girly one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I like... The appearance of a high femme. however, I think I find myself to be much more emotional and girly than some of the high femmes I've ever dated, and I think they have a problem with that. Like they like think that I'm gonna hammer down like their shoe wall or, or their shoe, <laughs> you know, container thing or whatever you buy from IKEA. No, we're gonna we're gonna call someone from Task Rabbit.
5: <laughs> That's how I mean. My girlfriend's the one; she's the one with the short hair and dresses. I mean, we dress similar, but she's way more emotional than me, calls me like an emotional cinder
4: block. Yeah, you are. Yeah. Well, we have some news coming up here <laughs> on the program regarding Jax in a couple of weeks, but we won't break your hearts now. You are an emotional cinder block. I cinder like that. Block. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to steal that from your girlfriend.
5: <laughs> and use it against people.
4: <laughs> yes. Yes. Thank you so much for joining us here today on, the, on our program. Uh, to, we'll be back tomorrow at the same time, 4 o'clock Pacific Standard Time. And you can catch every other program that we do, especially our television shows, at michellemeow.com. Thanks again. We'll talk to you tomorrow.
2: Tune into the Michelle Miao show weekdays at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 Eastern on Progressive Voices.